Hey. Yep. That's right. Episode seven. <laughs> seven, seven, seven. Of Starstruck. Close encounters of the awkward kind. What's going on, everybody? This is gonna be a fun one. I remember last episode, episode six, you wouldn't say the three sixes, but you said the three sevens. Seven, seven is seven, a, seven. a godly number. It is a godly number. Mm-hmm. It's also, um, it's a song from the time. Seven, 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 Okay. That do you know that one? No. That's really good. And I would um I'd do the bass line for you. Please do it. Please. Boo boop boo boo do boop 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 hi-hat. Please continue <laughs> dissecting the song. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the Minneapolis keyboards. Do 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 do. <laughs> Babe, what's your phone number? You know I have to ask because I hate to waste time. Wow. <laughs> I feel a little better if you slap my face. What? <laughs> it's a really, it was, it does not stand the test of time uh-huh. at all. But um, the drums were good and the bass was good, so uh, that's the defense for most music. That's like it. That's me. all I was listening to. That drum. That drum is sick. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was... He's sincere. He's smiling. Oh yeah. Oh His yeah. Love, I forgot. Yeah. I He's forgot. Smiling. Sometimes you have to combine my face with my voice to understand what I really feel. <laughs> <laughs> Like I used to, I used to get uh, people would call me and tell me like, "Hey, um, we just wanted you to know that we, uh, we'd like to offer you this job," and I'd be sitting there real excited, huge smile on my face, but great, thank you so much. <laughs> the disconnect. Yeah, sure, I can start anytime. All right, great, thank you, thank you so much. What? Huge, like I'm right. really excited, but just my voice. But they can't see it. No. Oh my god, dude. I think like we're cut from like a little bit of the same cloth. I have a disconnect when it comes to if I'm in pain. Like if, say, a book falls from a top shelf onto my head mm-hmm. and it hurts really bad and I might even pass out, I go, ouch. <laughs> like I, I would like, I think I was conserving energy or something. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't freaking out. It's just like, right. my foot's turned backwards. And no one, would, no one would listen to me. No one would listen to me. And then, like, however many hours would go by, and then some, like, my mom would see my foot is black or something, and go, "Yeah, what the fuck happened?" I'm like, I, I tell you, my foot turned back. I don't feel good. Like, if I ever say that, mm-hmm. run. Oh, God. Generally, yeah. So it takes you a while before you ever... Like... I won't say it for a long time until it's really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to let somebody know. Right. And then the way I let them know is... I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And then they know it. <laughs> oh, shit. We gotta go. One time I cut my finger. I cut the I cut the tip of my thumb off. Right? And I was chopping... Um, I was chopping herbs. Green herbs with a very sharp brand new knife, chopping, chopping, chopping. And then there was like a cranberry in my herbs and it kept chopping, chopping. I'm looking going, what is that? Why is there a cranberry in my herbs? 
And then I start feeling the pain in my thumb and I look and the tip of my thumb is gone. That was the cranberry, it was the bottom side. Oh Yes. <laughs> it was the bottom side of my thumb. <laughs> it was the undercarriage of my thumb. And Jamie goes, I don't know. He called my mom, right? He called, yeah. And he goes, all I heard was Jamie, Jamie. And uh, I had never actually heard her sounded really weird mm -hmm. like really calm and it came out and she sh I was shaking my hand she's shaking her hand like I'm gonna shake off the cut yeah. and blood's flying all over the kitchen and there were a piece of her thumbs laying on the cutting board I went and, he, and I go I cut my finger <laughs> not a piece of it came off I cut my finger what? I cut myself what? I, I, I'm like uh, call my mom I cut off a piece of my thumb also not all the way I was trying to whittle uh, a piece <laughs> because I was Whittling. trying to carve a piece of wood. Like I found a stick and I was like, oh, I want to carve this into some sort of like figure or something. But I'm an idiot. And so I was carving it towards me. Yes. And I just went inside. And I was like, um, like now I'm scared that I'm going to get in trouble. So that's yes. why I was calm. Yeah. Maybe so, that's it. So we're literally maybe they're getting in trouble for real because I got hit by a car coming off a bus and um, I could stand up. So I went home because I, I didn't want, you know, I was afraid my mom was going to come first. She's right. going to yell at me for getting hit by a car, right? but then she'd go up and like try to beat some people up mm -hmm. like mira carajo and like go like wreak havoc on everyone's. I was getting off the bus and I walked around the bus and this car was speeding past. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it hit me. I bounced off the hood and landed on the ground. I watched the kids come out of the pizza shop. I watched people go, yo, BVD, you okay? You okay? And I was like, oh, I have to go. So I could stand and I was like, I got to go. And the bus driver's like, wait, you got to get his information. And I'm like looking around like people are closing in. My mother's going to come up with her clog and like whip it at everybody. And I'm like, I'm fine. I got to go. So I, I went home the next day. My leg first it swelled up. Then the next day it started turning like bluish gray. Mm -hmm. And my mother asked, um, she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. What's wrong with your leg? Nothing. Your leg is turning gray. It's gonna fall off. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I got hit by a car, but it's okay. And I was like, she, what? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, next on Starstruck, did your parents make you afraid for getting hurt? <laughs> In this episode, Katie K, Steve Halligan, and Phoebe Anger. Enjoy. working at this really hot restaurant in uh, Back Bay. All the ball players used to come in and um, like everyone, this is the uh, 90s, this is in the 90s, and they're all, you know, just, just the stereotype that you think they are. And I was kind of a bitch, sort of like I was really very shy and introverted, yet I was a hostess at a hot bar and it kind of channeled like a really sassy, angry Ali Sheedy in the Breakfast Club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you came in and you wanted a table, I'd be like, 
okay, sure. Uh, how many people? But if a guy came in and like even looked like he was gonna hit on me, I was just like turned into like crazy bitch. And so I was I was saying to you earlier, right? Like I love the Me Too movement. I love it. I'm so down for it, and I feel a little bit sad about it because I, like, I feel like when I was young. I was like, hashtag, not fucking me, bitch. And you know what I mean? Like, I was just like always raging on somebody. I don't get to like be reflective about anything except for, wow, I was such a bitch to him. But anyway, that aside. So I'm at, I'm at the door of this hot bar. And um, it's like, it's night. It's like, it's the summer. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And a limo pulls up alongside of this bar. And like, celebrities come to the bar all the time, right? And so the limo pulls up and four girls get out. They are smoking hot, right? And they're, they're just like banging bodies and dresses and hair and everything. And, um, and so I know, I can tell it's not them that's the celebrity. There's a guy in there, right? There's a guy celebrity in there, right? So uh, I want to see who it is before everybody in the bar does. So when the girls walk in the bar, I scream to the bar, it's en vogue, like to get everyone... <laughs> off the tail of the person in the limo, right? And sure enough, everybody swarms them, and the girls are like, what? And, and, um, and some of them are playing along, and it's really cool. And meanwhile, I'm looking out the window to see who gets out of the car, and uh, <laughs> meanwhile, I look out, I'm looking out the window, and this, like, like, a foot comes out, and then, like, a leg, and then this whole blow-up thing unfurls out of the limo, and it's Shaquille O'Neal, right? And, um, and I was like, holy shit. Like, he looks massive out the window. What is he going to look like when he gets inside, right? So he comes, he ducks down under the doorway, and then just stands up. He's seven foot one. That's, you know what I mean? Like, my face was at a very inconvenient level of his body. <laughs> Which probably triggered me, right? And so I, I like went into instant bitch or something like that, right? So he like comes in and he stands up and he's staring down at me. Um, and he's like, he's like 21 years old. He had just signed with Orlando Magic and he, he signed with like one of the biggest contracts at the time, right? So he's like a 20 year old loaded seven foot one dude, right? And I, I guess my brain was like, I'm just gonna shut him down instantly. And he comes in and he just stares at me like super intimidating and I went, oh, I'm having a shack attack. Like totally. <laughs> <laughs> and he like was like, hey, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we stand there for a minute, like he's just like looking at me and I'm like looking at him. And then I go, please don't say you want a table. <laughs> and then his manager bustles in and he's like, hello, Mr. O'Neill and friends would like to get a table for dinner tonight. I'm like, I honestly don't know if I have a table that would fit him, but, um, <laughs> but I, will, I will figure something out. And so I go look and we figure out that there's this one table that opens up at the end that maybe he could sit at. And uh, I come back and I go, well, let's give this a try. And we go sit down and he, the two girls on this side, two girls on that side, his manager and some other, some other people are with him, right? And, um, and I, I hand out the menus and 
before the menu hits the table, he's making out with one of the girls. And by the last menu, he's making out with another of the girls. And by the time I say your server will be right with you, he's made out with all four girls, right? So I'm like, oh, Variety my gosh. Variety life. <laughs> <laughs> so I go back up front, and everybody is, like, going insane. It's killing you. Oh, my God. He's so tall. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, whatever. And then, um, I don't know, he's been there, like, a half hour, and his manager comes up to the front excuse me, do you have a moment? And I said, sure. Um, is there anything wrong? Like, can I help you out with something? And he goes, Mr. O'Neill would like your phone number. <laughs> right. It's his, and the manager is like a little white dude, like, you know, like from, you know, like a stereotypical, like sports manager dude, mm -hmm. like a shirt very tucked in. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, He's living on the on the shack money, whatever, and he's like, Mr. O'Neill, like so important. Like Anwar Sadat wants my phone number or something. Mr. O'Neill would like your phone number. And I was like, Oh, cool. Um, did one of those girls eat his tongue? Is that why you're asking? Mm. Or <laughs> is he just too nervous? And the the guy, the manager was like, uh, 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 like he, like I threw water. He's a robot, and I threw water at him or something. He's like, like no one I don't think has ever talked to him like that, right? And um, and I said, uh, I was like, no, thank you. And then I like went, I started shuffling some menus. <laughs> if you ever see a hostess at a restaurant shuffling menus, she doesn't want to talk to you anymore, right? So I'm shuffling menus, and uh, he says, so are you going to give him your number? And I was like, no, was I not clear about that? I am not going to give him my number. And he says, he really wants to go out with you. I said, does he know anything about me? And he said, well, and I was like, okay. Um, this seems to be too much for you to handle. If Mr. O'Neill would like to discuss it with me personally, just let him know I'm still up here, okay? Um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> so he goes and Carl uh, a server at the restaurant comes up and dude like he's he was in recovery for like seven years and I think I kicked him right out of it right <laughs> he was like what the fuck are you doing ah! like losing his mind and I'm like dude whatever do you see what's happening he's making out with four girls he's sending someone to come get my number like that is not anything I don't want to be involved with anything like that he's like he just signed the biggest contract of all time it's like 1.2 million dollars with the Orlando Magic I'm like that is true but do you think this 20 year old doofus is like do you think like we're gonna get married and I'm gonna see that money or are you suggesting I just get pregnant and be like now I'm pregnant, give me some of that money. Like, what are you suggesting? We're not gonna get married, I'm not gonna see his money, you know what I mean? Also, he's just not good, he's just massive. He's like, a, if you threw a locomotive on the court, he's just like, Brrr. like, he's no finesse at all. Like, if it was Charles Barkley, I'd be like, oh my God, you're funny and you're good, you're light on your feet. Like, this kid is just like, it's a fucking brick wall. Like, once his knees don't work anymore, He's gonna be nothing. Was I wrong? No. But now I know he's a I know he's a broadcaster now. But you know what I mean? I was like, he he doesn't even his game doesn't even impress me on the court. What are you talking about? So anyway, um, Carl goes away and Shaquille O'Neal walks back. He walks back 
He walks past the host stand. This is him negging me, okay? You're me, and he just goes like this and walks out the front door because I don't see him, right? And then he gets out there. There's no cell phones back then, mm -hmm. so he has nothing to do. So he turns around, and he walks back in. And then he stands at the host stand, and he looks at me again, and, and I go, yes? <laughs> and he goes and walks away. That's it, okay? <laughs> That's it. And then he, he, so he just shrugged and walked. He off. just and then he gathers up his kissing friends and they get back in the limo <laughs> and they they go away, right? And then uh, Carl gets cut and Carl on his way out says, "You're a fucking idiot." I gave him your number and ran out the door. Wow. <laughs> Total asshole. So I tell my brother the whole story. You know, my brother likes to imitate the people I run into. So my brother starts calling my house, being like. Hey, brother, what's going on? <laughs> it's Shaquille. Just wanted to see what's going on with you. You still at the restaurant? The, the tapas was really good. Ha ha ha. My brother's doing this for like a few months. That was summer. My brother's doing it every, you know, like all the time. And I'm having like these insane conversations with my brother O'Neill. And, um,. Finally, it's like Thanksgiving, right? The phone, like, I had an answering machine with a cassette tape. <laughs> and the phone rings, and I don't answer it, and it goes to the message. And I hear it being recorded, Bethany, <laughs> Shaquille, O'Neal. <laughs> I want to get you down here, Florida, Orlando, chill with you. Hit me up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know that's my brother, right? Because it's Thanksgiving and he would never call someone he doesn't know and leave that message, right? And, um, and so I call my brother and he's like, no, it wasn't me. I'm like, whatever, dude. And then I hear a click, click, like the, the call waiting. And I click over and I go, hello. And he goes, you are there. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, who's this? I know who it is. And he goes, Shaquille O'Neal. Why? Who else sound like me? And I was like... <laughs> I was like, what's up? And he goes, why don't you call me? I said, I don't know. I don't know you. And he goes, um... He's like, you know me. I said, I don't know you. I do. I mean, I don't know you. I know that you're seven foot one and you're 20 and you got a hundred, you know, a million point two dollars. And um, I said, I just want to chill with you. Just want to get you in Orlando. I said, does that make sense to you? Would you let your sister go to Orlando to hang out with a fucking transformer <laughs> in like in like the middle of nowhere? Like, would you let your sister do that? And he's like, Word, my mom's gonna be there. And I was like, No, no, dude, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I would love it if he's like, Hold on, I want you to meet my mom. And he comes out <laughs> in a wig. Hello, I'm Teresa. <laughs> Take care of my baby boy. <laughs> Cornette Orlando, totally safe. Totally safe. I want you to be my uncle. He just comes out of the mustache. He just has a box full of props. <laughs> On the phone where I can't see him. Yes, of course. I didn't go. I didn't go. I told him, I was like, no, I'm not going to go. That's dumb. So time goes on, and I am never going to go to Orlando. I have no interest in dating him or hooking up with him or seeing that. I don't even want to fucking know about it. And then finally he calls me and like reads me the riot act. He's like, you keep keeping me 
keeping me on the line. You you keeping me on. You just you hold me out to dry. Like you know you know you gotta get with me. You know I'm color struck. You know what that means. In our community, it means that you like light skinned people. So that gave me the end to just like trash them and go. That is that is crazy. That's why people are being torn apart because of stupid color issues like that. You should be proud of your color. I lay in the sun. I'm going to get skin cancer trying to be dark. What the fuck? I don't want to hear anything like that. This is the last time you're going to talk to me. Do you have Charles Barkley's phone number? And then <laughs> that was it. He didn't give it to me. Uh, take it down to Orlando. Chill with you. Chill with you. That is my favorite. Chill with you. I just picture when he texts him as a coach. This girl's going in my head. <laughs> I don't think I can play tonight. Uh, Shaq, how, what was going on in that game? My heart's broken. <laughs> it's really difficult to play with a broken heart. Well, I, I had a meeting with a, another giant of the black community. Uh, <laughs> this was recently. This is like two weeks ago in, in Cambridge. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, that was just, just like two weeks yeah, ago. It just fresh. happened. I feel yeah. We so, don't grow out of this shit, you guys. Oh, it happens forever. So <laughs> there's a like right before you get to Harvard Square in Cambridge, there's this little um, like diner like under the street. It sounds weird. It's just like below the sidewalk. It's a shell it's silver like down scene the based <laughs> restaurant. Diner under the street. <laughs> no, it's, so I, I go in there. I was going to grab something to eat. Um, they set me up with a table, and I asked to use their restroom. So they pointed uh, where it was. So as I'm going, um, there are seats to my right, and there's a huge mirror on the wall to my left. So I'm walking to the bathroom, and I look in the mirror at myself. Um, <laughs> And because it's something moving next to me. That's why I look. I'm, it's not like a narcissistic thing. I just saw a, I thought it was a person. It, it was a person. It was me. But <laughs> that's <laughs> why I was looking. Uh, past me in the mirror, I look and I see a man. He has a, a, a fro, glasses, dressed up with a, like a scarf, black suit, white shirt. Dr. Cornell West is just sitting there reading a newspaper. Anyone who doesn't know, he's a, a civil, civil rights activist. They always, whenever something happens with black people, white people feel the need to put him on TV and, and talk to him. That's, I, I don't know how else to explain. He's that guy. So I've never been this close to someone like that. So I'm, I see him in the mirror and I keep walking to the bathroom like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so I go in the bathroom and I'm like, all right, this one has to go well. This one has to go well. I have to be able to meet him. I want to say something to him because I appreciate the work that he's doing and I need him to know that. And I can't fuck this up. This cannot be on Starstruck. No. There's no way this is going to be on Starstruck. (laughs) (laughs) Wash my hands. I go out there. And (laughs) even though I already saw him, I felt the need to pretend like I just noticed. I was like, hey. (laughs) I was like, how you doing? He said, oh, how you doing, brother? And he, like, did this, like, this this motion where he, like, had his hand on his chest and, like, moved out like a, like a kind of a 
gracious yeah. hand motion. He's like, hey, how you doing, young brother? I said, I just wanted to say I appreciate the work that you do. I, I, I mean, fan's not the right word, but like, I, I just appreciate what you do. He's like, hey, brother, thank you so much. And he shook my hand, and I walked back to my seat. I was like, that went, that went okay. I did that all right. And then there's a thing that I do where um, I replay things that just happened, like just for myself. <laughs> and like I'll, I'll tweak it like, oh, I wish I had said this. So I'm acting, I'm sitting in my seat. Are you by yourself? Yes. Okay, yes. that's important. You're by yourself. Right. All right. So I'm acting out both parts of the conversation. Like what I said, <laughs> I said, oh, Appreciate what you want, fans, not the right word. He said, Oh, thank you, brother. And I'm like doing the hand gesture that he did. And, it's like, and I was like, Oh, well, like, what? I, I should have like, mentioned this thing that happened. And there was like a, a speech that was on uh, um, C SPAN that I liked that he did. And I should have brought that up. And he said, Thank thank you, brother. That was so cool. And it's like, Thank you, brother. And I keep doing the hand motion. And then I was smiling. I look up. And the angle that the mirror is at, he can see me. So I look up and he's looking in the mirror at me around the corner. <laughs> so I said, thank you, brother. Thank oh shit. Uh, I got up and walked out. I ate nothing. I was like, you know what? You gotta get gotta out of go. here. Gotta go. So Dr. West, if you're out there, uh, thank you, my brother. <laughs> But you know he's a kind soul and he's um he's caring of all the communities. So maybe did you notice if um right after that interaction on Twitter he like tweeted something about mental health or <laughs> or anything like that? Like mental Rob, illness is Rob, not a joke. Young brothers out there, make sure you talk to somebody <laughs> for going through some things like <laughs> So that's us. <laughs> Awkward AF. Let's get this thing started. Well, yes, we started, but let's, let's, let's keep, let's it, keep going. it going. With like super funny comedian. Uh, tomorrow's his birthday. He's Gemini. He thinks he's on the cusp, but you know he's not. Give it up. Say happy birthday and give it up for Steve Halligan. So, 2002, if you can hearken back to those days, I was working at the Swiss Hotel which is now the uh, downtown Hyatt. I was an AV technician, audiovisual specialist. You know what that is? That's the nerd that runs into your meeting, mid-meeting and has to crawl underneath a table to plug something in that became unplugged. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah, I was that guy. I'm still that guy. <laughs> yep. Now I do it with a little more stealth, which is nice. So back then in the hotels, we had what was called the business center. They, they're still there now, but back then they were the hub of professional activity. We had copy machines, fax machines, printers, and internet workstations. Because like the Wi-Fi wasn't available anywhere, really. It wasn't there yet. So that served as our office slash um, headquarters, you know. So I'm in there and uh, I'm used to seeing, uh, you know, business people come in every day and I'm, I'm a pretty hospitable guy so I'd always offer them coffee or refreshments or whatever I could do and there's one day where this guy comes in uh, and he doesn't look like the normal business guy. 
You know, he's got long blonde hair. He's really tall. So I just treat him as if I, as I treat everyone else. Really hospitable. Start having a conversation. Now, once when I started to feel kind of comfortable, I said, I was like, you know, you don't look like, like, don't take this the wrong way, but you don't look like the, you know, average business traveler. Uh, what brings you to Boston? And he says, oh, um, playing a concert tonight. I was like, cool, man. Uh, where at? Um, Great Woods. So Great Woods is now the Xfinity Center. So I, I know this is a big deal, right? And I go, can you tell me what band you're in? He goes, yes. <laughs> I said, yes? He says, yes. And I said, yes? He said, yes. He was in yes. <laughs> it was Rick Wakeman, the keyboardist, from yes. Now, I didn't know a ton about the band, but I still knew enough to like play it cool, just play it cool. Like my first thought was like, oh, you know, I grew up on MTV, uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart was on like all the time, but I didn't say that because I'm cool and I know how to keep it chill. I know how to keep it professional, you know? And it worked out to my benefit because that was the one album where Wakeman was asked to like not be in yes for. You imagine if I was like, you know, oh, you must be the owner of a lonely heart and listen to you all the time. He probably would have told me to go fuck myself. Um, yeah, man, he, I, I really, I didn't know, I thought he could have been one of two people, which is really one person. He could have been either the long blonde haired terrorist from Die Hard named Carl. <laughs> Or he could have been the long, blonde-haired orchestral conductor from um, the Money Pit named Max, <laughs> for, you, for you Tom Hanks and Shelley Long fans. Um, same guy, though. That's kind of what I thought it was, but it's not. It was, it was fucking Rick Wakeman. Um, so he gives me, uh, because I've been so hospitable and treated him like any other person, um, gave me three VIP backstage passes to uh, his show that night, like all access. So I called up a couple of my buddies and they came and picked me up. We drove down and uh, the show was amazing, right? They even played songs that I didn't know was them that I liked, like Roundabout. Um, and then the one about don't kill a whale or something. Um, which stands true today. You know, that, that song stands up. So, really enjoying myself at the concert, and um, uh, it's time to go backstage. And I didn't really know what to expect, but it was like, you know, there's gonna probably be some debauchery, you know? There's probably gonna be like some partying, and maybe, uh, you know, some groupies. Uh, but that's not what was back there at all. There was, um, a tent, like an outdoor tent, a couple people milling around. It looked like the, like uh, when an AA meeting gets out, you know, there's just like a couple people smoking butts and like little groups talking to each other. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what it looked like. There was a, a rack of warm nest teas <laughs> available for everyone. And um, Chris Squire, who's the guitar player for, for yeah, a bass player rather for Yes, who passed away a couple years ago. My friend who was with me 
like got in front of him and was like, "What are you doing for Christmas this year?" Um, and he didn't he didn't know how to respond to that. So he said, "I don't know yet." Um, and I thought there was a story behind why he said that, but it turns out he just said it because he's weird. And I love him all the more for that. Um, the singer, um, John Anderson, I think his name is, uh, was, was being you know, courted by these uh, you know, 50-something-year-old women, uh, just handing him bags of Vidal Sassoon products. Because I guess you can only get those in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> Must be a really exclusive uh, hair product. I don't, yeah, and he was like, oh, thank you so much. And I'm like, this is so lame. Why are we still here? But then, like, Rick Wakeman comes out, and he's huge. He's taller than me. He's the, he's the diehard guy. You're not going to want to leave for this. This is amazing. <laughs> no, it's okay. I understand. Duty calls. So uh, Rick Wakeman comes out and he goes, oh, Steve, Steve. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I felt, I got tingles, you know what I mean? Like Rick Wakeman is calling me over. And he's like, I, I'm gonna, I, I need to be at the business center tomorrow at 7 a.m. Will you be there to let me in? There was only one thing I could say, yes? But I didn't show up. Nah, it was like, fuck it. I just got high that night and fucking slept. It was a Saturday. I wasn't going to go to work. I already got what I needed from the guy. Thanks. You guys have been great. Thank you. Steve Halligan, everybody. Steve. Steve Halligan. Next storyteller coming to the stage. Um, has they, she runs an awesome show Saturday nights at the nine, 9 p.m. at the dugout uh, right off of Kenmore, outside of Kenmore Square. Great show. Amazing comics come in. You guys got to go check it out. Like comics from all over, famous people that all if over. you love comedy, you, you know, right? Like Mendoza. It's called Mendoza Line. Mendoza Line. She produces the show. It is amazing. Give it up for Katie K. Hello, thank you. How are you guys doing? Oh, you're already laughing? I'm so funny. Uh, I, there's no table. I'm just, I don't know why I brought my phone on stage. Um, how are you guys doing? Yeah, great. Awesome, me too. Um, I'm going to tell a story about the best wedding I've ever been to. Um, my sister got married a few years ago. We're all so proud of her. Congratulations to my sister. I have a master's degree that nobody cares about, but she is married. So good job. Um, <laughs> I am, I am single. I've been single for like twenty-five years. So um, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I'm fine with it. My family kind of sometimes gives me a hard time about being single. Okay, I just want to like set the tone for this. Um, like my brother-in-law, the person that my sister married a few years ago, he said to me this past holiday season, he was like, Katie, I just hope one day you have someone special to bring home to Christmas with you. Yeah. 
was like, oh, I hope I have someone special so I can go to his house instead. Uh, <laughs> don't want to be here. Uh, no, but so that's my brother-in-law. He is pretty new to my family, relatively speaking. He married my sister a few years ago, and that's what this story is about. Um, he and my sister, they had a destination wedding in Jamaica. Yeah, so affordable, so convenient. Um, so grateful that I was a part of it. Um, they got married in Jamaica. And not only did they get married in Jamaica, but they got married at a Sandals resort in Jamaica. <laughs> did you say Jesus Christ? I know. Okay. So it sounds like you're all familiar with sandals. If you're not, sandals is like a place where people who want to say they've been to another country but never want to meet someone or anything from that country goes to. Like, too scared, but we were there. Uh, <laughs> that is a sandals resort. Um, it's like where middle-class Americans go to feel rich. It is, it's like the Epcot of the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> it's a rough time. Um, this was in Jamaica, so at this Sandals Resort, they played almost exclusively Michael Bolton, except they would, like, sprinkle in some Bob Marley for the authentic feel, you know? Okay. <laughs> it was not my cup of tea, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And the other huge thing about Sandals is that it's a couple's resort. And I was single. I'm single. I went there without a date. I did not have a date to my sister's wedding. So I went to this couple's resort alone. And they made sure to remind me of that, like, any chance they could. I'd be at the bar, and they'd be like, where's your boyfriend? I'm like, oh, he's in the bathroom, but you can fill up his drink now. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, I wasn't, okay, so I wasn't like totally alone. What happened was I went to this wedding at my sis at Sandals and my sister's best friend who was also single graciously came down to Jamaica for her wedding. And I offered, cause I was the only other person there alone, I offered to share a room with my sister's best friend. And I didn't really know her that well, but I was like, whatever, it's fine. Um, we'll split the cost, that will be great for me. But and what I didn't think about when I like offered this was that as it is a couple's resort, there is only one bed in the hotel room and there is no option for another, for a hotel room with multiple beds. They just simply don't have those. So I had to share a bed with basically a complete stranger, um, which is fine. Like I was in a sorority, so like I know how to pretend to be friends with women. I'm very experienced. I was like, this is fine. We'll share a space. I'll think that you're cool. Uh, <laughs> so we did that. That's fine. Me and her sister, my sister's friend, who we'll call Katrina, because that is her name. Um, <laughs> so we share this room together. We're there for five days. Everything is totally fine. And then on the last night of the trip, um, we decided to go out, me and her, because we were the two young people there. Everybody else had gone out, you know, to have their marital sex at 9 p.m. And so <laughs> we go to the hotel bar. We have some drinks. We start chatting, schmoozing with the hotel staff. And uh, I don't know, maybe like 11 or 12, I'm like, I'm going to go back to the room because I'm really tired and I have an early flight the next day. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to stay out. And I was like, and she's like, YOLO. <laughs> And I was like, well, technically, it's you only die for die once, um, <laughs> if you're thinking about it grammatically. Um, 
But I was like, you know what, do you. So I leave, go to bed, I'm asleep. Maybe like an hour later, I wake up to Katrina having sex with a hotel employee in the bed next to me. Like if I moved my hand like three inches to the left, I would have been participating in a threesome, like right there. <laughs> like how horrifying, I wake up to like a man basically over me that I don't know, it was like so awful. I jumped out of bed and I was like, what the fuck is happening? And they just pretended like, they, like I wasn't even there. They just keep doing their thing. And I'm like, oh my God, like so unaware. I go into the bathroom, I'm like thrashing shit around to try to like give them the hint, like maybe this is not okay. No, it, they're just like, they are in it. They are gonna see that through to the end. And unfortunately me too. So <laughs> I literally sit in the bathroom and wait for them to finish. Uh, and I'm an adult, so I know when that has happened. Um, so they finish, and then I, I leave the hotel room, I mean the bathroom, and go back into where the bed is. And at this point, she is trying to convince him to spend the night and cuddle with her in the, be in the bed. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, um, no, you know, like, it's one thing to have sex with a hotel employee, but I draw the line of intimacy. That is it. He's got to go. So he gets up and he leaves, um, and I just get back into my bed and just, like, sit there extremely uncomfortably. I never slept that night. I was just, like, so upset, just horrified. And then at, like, 5 a.m., I had a really early flight the next day, so at, like, 5 a.m., there's a knock on the door. And I was like, oh, my God, he's back for more. <laughs> and so I, like, opened the door very, like, kept, like very nervously. And it's my dad, because he just wanted to make sure I was up for my flight, because he's a nice guy. And my face was just, like, ghost white. And my, my dad was like, oh, did you have a rough night? And I was like, yeah, you don't even know, Dad. Uh, I'll have to save that story for another time. Um, and he's like, okay, well, I would love to have breakfast with you before you you leave. And I was like, okay. So I pack up all my stuff and I, I leave. And me and my dad go have breakfast uh, in the dining room. And guess who's there? <laughs> uh, the hotel employee. Because in Jamaica, you work all of the time. And uh, so he just, you know, did his thing, went right back to work. Quite responsible, I must say. Um, and not only is he there, but he comes up to me <laughs> and he goes, um, I'll, I mean, I'll literally never forget this. He goes, uh, I don't know how that happened last night. I really wanted it to be with you. <laughs> I was like, how somehow you made this even worse than it already was. Uh, thank you so much. I did not want it to be with you. Uh, I'm going to leave this country and never come back. Um, the next day I'm like waiting on the, I'm on the, I'm on the uh, plane getting ready to take off. My sister texts me and she's like, hey, uh, Katrina thinks you're mad at her. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, but I don't know, I don't understand why. And I was like, well, you should probably ask her about that. 
And uh, I guess my uh, Katrina had told my sister this like c- different story that she was really drunk. She came back to the apartment or the hotel room and was really loud and whatever. And my sister's like, but that doesn't seem like something you'd get mad about. And I'm like, yeah, that's not exactly the what happened. Um, she never told my sister what happened. But then like a few months later, I was at my sister's house. And her husband came up to me and, like, pushed me in a corner. He's like, I really, you got to please tell me what happened. Like, what did she do? And I told him. And he goes, oh, yeah, I kind of thought that's what it was. She's crazy. And I was like, why did you let me share a hotel room with her? What I want to say is crazy about this story is that this past weekend that just occurred, I turned 32. It was my birthday. Thank you. And, uh... My best friend from home invited a man back to my apartment, my studio apartment, to have sex with him in my bed while I was there. Again! I'm like, I don't, what, I'm so chill that people think I want to witness them. I don't know. I'm not chill. I am on anti-anxiety medication. So (laughs) here's my proclamation to everyone. Please don't try to have sex in front of me. I really, truly don't want that. Um... That is my story. Thank you for listening. Have a nice night. Keep it going for Katie K. Hey, K. Katie K. Your uh, final storyteller this evening. <laughs> Make some noise for your final storyteller, everybody. Make some noise. She is also a super funny comedian and she has been in the Women in Comedy Festival, the Boston Comedy Festival. Um, she's on artisanal comedy all the time. She has produced her own shows, Tavern at the End of the World. Yes. She She's just a bomb. Give it up for Phoebe, Phoebe Angle! So in high school, a little more, I met, I met a guy named Tim. And I liked Tim. He was different at the boarding school because he had a British accent. And I was like, that's what I need. I need a British friend who listens to techno exclusively. And I'll be complete. Um, So Tim and I were good friends. And um, prom was coming up. I was, uh, at this point, I was a sophomore, he was a senior, and it was a big deal to be an underclassman and go to the senior prom. And I was determined to do it. Like, I wanted to wear a nice dress and, and like, like show all those popular upperclassmen girls that I could go to prom. (laughs) And um, I really wanted to go to prom, and I wanted Tim to take me to prom. But he wasn't asking, he wasn't asking me to prom. and one day we were sitting in like a student lounge and this girl Molly was like, hey Tim, we should go to prom together. And I was just like, no, Tim's taking me to prom. And Tim was like, oh, okay, cheerio. We'll go to prom together. Um, so we were, he was my prom date and I was super excited. But a weird thing about Tim was, is that Tim never talked about his parents and no one ever really talked about his parents. And when people would talk, like, bring up his parents, they'd giggle. But I didn't, I didn't know why. I just, I just knew, like, it never came up. Like, there was a lot of really rich kids at the school, so, like, talking about what your parents did was kind of, like, 
bougie. Like, it didn't come up that much. And people love talking about what my parents did. They're like, Phoebe's dad's a plumber. What a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> he works. Um, her mom has a job, too. She's a detective. That's weird. And I'm like, later in life, I'm like, no, it's really not weird. It's quite cool that my mom's a detective. But in high school, I was like, <laughs> don't look at me. I just want to go to Abercrombie so I can fit in. Um, so we were going to prom, and um, I was getting excited, uh, and people started talking about how Tim's dad was going to stop by the school to see him go to prom, and it was a big deal. And I was just like, they were like, hey, you guys, don't, don't swarm him when he gets here. And I was like, what's... What's going on? <laughs> so I was getting really nervous, and like he didn't tell me. And then like a couple a couple days before he got there, a friend of ours was just like, you know, Tim's dad is the actor Sam Neill, <laughs> right? And I was just like, who's that? <laughs> and you might know him from like the movie The Piano, Wimbledon, um, Merlin. But we all knew him as uh, the guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's why they call him a dinosaur. I just thought he was just some old dude. They're like, Tim's dad's a dinosaur. And he got there, and I was like, oh, shit, no, a clever girl. Like, that guy from, from Jurassic Park. And so I was getting really nervous, because like I don't know what's going to happen because he's going to introduce me, and I've never met a real celebrity before. And so, like, I was just, like, a, I was, like, a sloppy, disgusting, like, I used to go to raves. That's how gross I was as a teenage girl. I was just, like, important to me is getting good grades in history and finding ecstasy any way I can. Um, and, uh, like, basically, and I was also secretly very shy and an introvert which I made up for by being very loud and annoying all the time, and I still do that to this day. And so we were leaving Chorus, because Tim and I met in Chorus. We were walking out of the building, and I could see the actor, Sam Neill. And he was much smaller than I thought he would be. And we're walking over to him, and these other teenage girls start acting a fool. For whatever reason, teenage girls, when they want attention and they're not getting it, will just start wrestling each other. They're just like, ha, 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 Ashley, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Ha, 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 ha. Like, it's amazing. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that girl. I'm just going to, I'm going to be so cool. So I walk over, and Tim's like, Dodd, this is, this is my prom date, Phoebe. And I can't do a British accent, so this is probably really offensive. It's like, prom date, Phoebe. And I was just like, hey. <laughs> and he said nothing. He said nothing. And so we stood there for about five minutes. They're having a conversation. And he never looks at me or addresses me. And I just figured, oh, this, I guess, is just what it's like. You know, you just kind of stand there. And so I was just kind of looking like I didn't care. Like, oh, yeah, I meet, I meet celebrities all the time, you know? <laughs> I think I was like 15 at this point. It's like, yeah, celebrities, like, all fucking day. I'm from Maine. Um, <laughs> they're always, like, up there. Um, and before he leaves, they're going to leave and go to, like, a hotel for the night because it's boarding school. I just hear, 
And Tim goes, Dad, did you fart? And Sam Neill says, Nah, I think that was your little girlfriend. Sam Neill just blamed a fart on me. <laughs> and ever since then, I've never really dressed, addressed celebrities I've met. Cause they're clearly just normal people who blame farts on other people. The end. Keep it going for Phoebe Angle! Phoebe Angle! Um, keep it going for all your storytellers tonight. <laughs> and now, I mean, all the parts of tonight are my favorite, but this is my favorite of all the favorite parts. Now, you get to decide who is going to have uh, a redo acted out by the redo crew redo 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 would you um like to see katie k at her sister's wedding at a sandals resort steve halligan and yes yes uh phoebe angle and sam neal Sounds like Phoebe Angle, Phoebe and, Sam Angle and Sam Neal. Nice. The All right. The crew will now convene. They will, they will convene and they will figure out the dopest ending. So I, I didn't get to tell you this, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, I'm a big fan of The Voice. B2W. Uh-huh. <laughs> So I, I'm waiting. I don't know. I don't, I, I have did no you, uh, did you, did anybody watch The Voice since the first one? Yeah. And so I was at a party recently in Brooklyn. I was at a meatball party in Brooklyn, which could only be in Brooklyn, right? So like everybody makes meatballs and comes oh, to this okay. party, right? You I thought, thought, you thought, thought meatballs a through a party? Thing. It was like, it's a lot of short squat Italian men. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Hoskins. Hey, forget about it. Hey, you want to get it on? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Meatball boy. So you bring, you make meatballs, you bring the meatballs. Anyway, so um, halfway through the party, you know, and you, if you don't bring meatballs, you have to bring rose, right? So halfway through the party, you you get where we're at halfway through the party? All right. So, um, and I'm not drinking rose because. I don't like. I just don't want to be that kind of drunk, and I don't want to have a headache the next day. So I'm just like hanging out, and um, and I'm near the door. I'm near the door of the building, and this woman walks by, and she's like, she's small, she's Latinx, she's just so hot and just herself. That's like the hottest thing about her. She's totally herself, and and she's got like this like black thing of hair and it's shaved on the sides, big anime eyes and everything. And she walks by me, right? She walks by me. I know Nick's like, I thought you were married to a guy. No, I didn't. (laughs) Anyway, she walked by me. She saw me and she went, hey. And I went, hey. And she goes, I'm going to get bourbon. Like she read my mind or something. Like I didn't want rosé and she knew I wanted bourbon. 
And I was like, um, I was like, okay, like I didn't say I want a bourbon. And then she left. She said I'll be back, and then she left. And then she came back through the door a little bit later, and she holds up a bottle of bourbon, and she goes, you know what I'm listening to? And takes her earbud out of her ear and sticks it in my ear. It's fucking Prince, Nick. It's Prince, okay? Uh huh. I swear to God. And oh, um, if anyone doesn't know, <laughs> Bethany is a fan of Prince. Um, and the way I'm saying it is not as intense no, as not. Bethany's fandom it's is. Not. And I, it's Prince, and I go, oh, it's Prince. <laughs> Did someone tell you to do that? <laughs> it's totally not normal, right? Yeah. I'm at a party with like cool, fun, normal people, and I yell at this woman. Did somebody tell you to do that? Why did you do that? Why did you put Prince in my ear? Do you know something about me? And she's like, like, let's go get bourbon, right? We go, she pours me some bourbon, we drink bourbon, we start talking, and she's like, um, she's like, what do you do? And I said, oh, I, I live in Boston, I have kids, whatever. She's like, how do you know, you know, how do you know Michelle, the host of the party? And I'm like, oh, I used to, you know, I do comedy, and I used to come to New York a lot. She's like, don't. Don't say used to. Don't say used to. You reach up, you bring it down, you pull it into your body, you make it be. And I was like, yes! Yes! I will do that. And so the whole rest of the party goes on like this, okay? And we're also drinking bourbon. And um and so party clears out. It's just like, you know, you know when the ends of the party and there's like this. 14 people that won't leave and the music goes up and everybody's like drunk dancing in the living room, right? And she's, she's like drunk dancing and she's playing drums on her leg and I was downstairs, I was spending the night at my friend's house and I saw bongos downstairs so I was like, oh, I know, I know it'll be great for her. And I bring them up and I'm like, here, this is for you. And she's like, oh. Like starts playing the drums, she's kicking ass and like we're having this like crazy dance party. And then she goes, give me your number, right before she leaves, give me your number, I'm gonna call you, I'm gonna help you with your shit, I'm gonna help you channel the universe. And I was like, yes, here is my number. And I give her my number and she goes out into the universe and that's it, right? And, um, and so, of course, I thought about her for days and days and days and over the course of the days, I'm like, what was her name? What was her name? God, she sounds so familiar. She looks like I know her. And then little pieces of the night, like I'm like, she sang like this. She sang a Dolly Parton song, um, Jolene. She sang Jolene at the party. She's like drumming, singing Jolene. I feel like I know her. Is this like, is this it? Am I leaving my husband for this? This like, is this it? Like, is that what's happening? Is that why I can't stop thinking about her? And then, um, and then I'm like, what is her name? Was it Jackie? Jackie. It was like Jackie. It's not Jackie. Like. A week ago, I go, her name is Vicky. Vicky. <gasps> Vicky Martinez from The Voice, from the first season. She sang Jolene, and she sang The Dog Days Are Over. Like, she sang, do you remember that? The Dog Days Are Over. Remember, she, oh my, ah, I, I was obsessed with her. So it's not like, it's not awkward. It got awkward after I never saw her again. Because now I'm like, oh my God, what if I knew it was her while it was all happening? 
So what Jamie goes, like, after I figured, I told Jamie about it, but then when I figured out it's Vicky Martinez from The Voice, mm -hmm. Jamie goes, what song was it? What song was the Prince song? And I go, I want to be your lover. And he goes, seriously, Bethany? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I, 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 got, I have to say, her game is way better than Shaq's. <laughs> she... <laughs> She, she nailed it! Shaq, I was like, She might this. actually get to trail with you. She... <laughs> and then your husband calls her up and starts singing the Jolene song to her. <laughs> All right, that's it. Okay. You guys ready? The Redo crew is ready. With the reenactment of Phoebe Angle and Sam Neill. Give it up for the Redo Crew! Redo, Redo, Redo. I'm ever so excited to take you to prom, Phoebe. Uh, yeah, I never thought a, a, a mainer like me who just steals cigars and tampons would be with such a nice boy like you at this boarding school. I'm from Maine. I do find it ever so thrilling that you pinch items from the store. <laughs> I mean, I did bully you into this whole thing, too. You definitely were going to go with someone else, and I said, no, I was the alpha female in this situation. Here's a cigar for th as a thanks. Thank Appreciate you ever it. so much. Yeah. Now, before we go to prom, I do need you to meet my daddy. Uh, your dad, the celebrity? He's a bit famous, you might recognize him. Daddy, daddy, come here. I'm cool. Don't you recognize him? Yeah, he's from, uh... The... the cats, o he's in Cats, that's what it is. He was in The Omen, part two. I'm acclaimed British actor, Sam Neill. I, I know who you are now. Yeah, yeah you're, in, you're in Jurassic Park. Clever girl. Daddy. That, that's not your line. Daddy, do the line that everyone likes ever so much. All right. I'm Merlin. <laughs> they love it when he does that. Well, I guess we should just go dancing now. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds really good. <laughs> What was that? That was, that was horrendous. Was it you? I, 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 I'm not gonna, I don't think it was. Actually, it was me, Republican presidential hopeful Bob Dole. And I did it because you said you had never met a real celebrity before. All right, I'm gonna go dismantle people's rights. I'm so glad it wasn't your fault, Phoebe. Me too. Great meeting you, Mr. Neal. <laughs> You're welcome. Good night. Good night. Give it up for the redo crew. Give it up for the redo crew. Mark Gallagher. Come on, Mark Gallagher. Sean Connolly. Tookie Kavanaugh. Ethan Marsh. Nick Ortolani. The redo crew. All the storytellers you saw tonight and yourselves for coming out. Yes, um, so we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye.
that is our episode. Thanks to our storytellers. And thanks to the Rockwell staff, the Rockwell Theater in Davis Square, Somerville, Massachusetts. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. At Starstruck Story. If you have a story about an awkward encounter of your own, send us a pitch at starstruckpodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe you could be part of one of our live shows. You know it. Join us again for Starstruck Close Encounters of the Awkward Kind. The awkward is real. <laughs>